Blog Talk Radio. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, May 9, 2009. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. Coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio with fresh news and updates every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the place to be to get heard and to hear what's going on on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk radio show. Do you have an issue? Then tell it. Do you want to have something to say about it? Call us. Get on the air and say something. We want to introduce you to our newest personality and member on our show as co-host. So when the time comes and we do introduce her, we would like you to call in. Now, this probably won't happen until next Saturday, but stay tuned until then. We have some interesting discussions on community minority and African-American concerns about the haves and have-nots and how they are being victimized. We want to share it with you, and we hope you will join in on these discussions. Use the call-in number at 347-884-8684 and share your comments and your views on subjects that bring awareness no matter where you live. Your community is important, and so are the rights of the people. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. It's your right to have justice where justice is denied. Victims that are being lied on and lie too, have a right to stand. So if you have any comments or you would like to email us, contact us by email at www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or contact Brother Blondie, which he is at brotherblondie at hotmail.com. Now stay tuned for more, more fresh news and hot updates every Saturday at 6 p.m. And we will be right back. I'm the one to tell you. Just don't get me. Just don't get me. And I'll get you a while. 
I will assure you that you will have a good time in helping us discuss them and helping us to find solutions to the problem. And I want to turn this over to my brother, Brother Blondie, so that he may be able to give you all that you need to know on all the fresh issues. As you know, he is Brother Blondie, Fight the Power. Oh, well, thank you very much, uh, Lottie, Miss Claudie. And, uh, you, you know, once again, how is your weekend uh, going for you? It's been pretty good. You know, I've been excited about getting back on the air and, you know, starting up what we need to start up, you know, to get the fire rolling and smoke falling out in all places. You know, I am am really relaxed for today, and the weekend has been a, a it's been pretty good. You know, the whole week has been pretty good, you know. Here in Columbus, Ohio, despite of all of the issues that are going on here in Columbus, you know, uh, the whole ideal is to get the news and, and tell it. Well, you know, speaking of the uh, news, on our uh, last music uh, break, you know, uh, that w- you just heard a uh, 1982 classic from the their multi-platinum CD, Alligator Woman. Those are the sounds of cameo and flirt. You know, uh, you 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 you, you, you got to go back in the day sometime and all that. And uh, you you know to uh, let you know, uh, blog uh, the Lardy Miss Party Show on Blog Talk Radio is going to do something brand new in our next uh, uh, music break. I'm going to play a. Cut from a local talent is a, a new uh, rap artist. His his name is Teji. Okay. Uh, the the executive uh, producer, of course, Teji. His uh, full name is Taylon Galloway. And, and you know, I met this fine young young brother. He's uh, he's going to have some new new material uh, uh, coming out. I will be uh, playing his uh, song uh, in the upcoming uh, moments of our music break. And also, I'm going to promote and give a brand new official Mother's Day song and the exact same uh, official song of Families and Victims of Fraud and the Black Anti-Defamation Council, and i give you a hit. He is a well-known, long-time Motown recording artist with 24 career Grammys wow. to his uh, credit. We all know wow. who he is, and you'll know who he is once you... Uh, here at the uh, Lottie Miss Party, but to start off with some families and victims of fraud news. Come on, give it to us. And this is from BT.com. Boy, you talk about Oprah's Girls Only School in South Africa, rocked by a second sex scandal. Oh, yeah. According to the newspaper Africans, a 15-year-old girl was found guilty of preying on another student and bullying girls to lie to officials investigating the incident. At least six other girls were caught fondling each other or trying to get other girls to join them in lesbian liaisons, the paper reports. And, uh, you know, the reports say a letter sent to one of the suspended uh, girls' uh, parents read, you have been found guilty of physical contact of sexual nature with another pupil on campus harassment, bullying other girls on campus, and and of being dishonest 
by not telling investigators the whole truth. Now, Lardy, Miss Quarty, this is the second time in less than two years that Oprah has an incident like this uh, happening in her school. And, you know, this comes just nearly two years after another school matron, uh, Tiny Makopo, was accused of physically and sexually abusing students in October 2007, including one charge of relating to an allegation that she kissed a 13-year-old girl and fondled her breast. Now, that's something else. Yes, in fact, in Oprah Winfrey, who's, you know, of course, a victim of sexual abuse herself, yeah. you, uh, she is so upset by this, she gave out her personal cell phone number to every single girl at the academy. Wow. And, uh, she really wants to make sure that they're protected, give them information, and just be there. You know, she's like the mother of the nation, you know. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, she, she is. And another story from BET.com, and, uh, this is a little, uh, you know, a reminder of the last show that we did, Lardy Miss Clardy, on the domestic violence issue and Chris Brown and Rihanna. Yeah, let's now, get back to that. This comes from Washington, D.C. And, you know, a violent domestic assault left a D.C. mother and her two sons stabbed to death at the hands of her living boyfriend. For years, family members of 37-year-old Erica Peters were very worried about her explosive relationship with 44-year-old Joseph Randolph Mays, and they both feared and expected the worst. And they knew about him beating the kids, but she wouldn't leave. You know, I don't know if she's scared of him or what the case may be, but... Uh, and this is according to Erica Peters' sister, uh, Kimberly Tremble. And, you, you know, here's uh, what was even wrong about this. Uh, you know, they called the police, arrived at the D.C. apartment, and, you know, both the boys, uh, you, you know, the only survivor was a two-year-old girl. And uh, that's one of Peters' children, Father by Mays. Uh, you, you know, a lot of times, ladies, uh, me and Lardy, Miss Clardy spoke about this on the last show. You, you know, I know it may be hard and all that uh, type stuff. And what's even worse with Erica Peters, you, you know, legally uh, she's deaf, and so you, you know, it ain't just. You, you know, regular women uh, being physically abused is uh, the the handicapped uh, being being abused as well, and, and you know it also said uh, uh, the D.C. police officials were mum on details on the homicide, but Trimble tells the paper that Peter's oldest son, 11-year-old Eric, called his grandmother Saturday. And told her the sky is blue. That's sort of a code word whenever you, you know they're in, they're in trouble. And you know, one, once again, our hearts go out to thirty-seven-year-old uh, Erica Peters. Right, and, right. Uh, you, you know, one more quick uh, domestic violence uh, story. This happens in uh, Philadelphia. An eleven-year-old Philadelphia girl watches her mom. Uh, Get shot and killed by her ex-boyfriend. Angela, wow. Yes. Uh, after shooting Angela Jeffries, 
Alim Ali turned the gun on himself and took his own life, police said. Uh, Jeffrey's 34 was attacked as she sat in her car getting ready to take her daughter to school Monday morning. And here's what's even more uh, interesting of this story, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, and uh, you, you, you know, ladies, this is what this is, you know, what I mean by get your own man or guys, get your own uh, woman, uh, get, get your own female. Angela Jeffries' affair with uh, Aleem Ali, Lardy, Miss Clardy. You know, this happened at the workplace, and keep in mind, he's married, and his wife worked there. Well, that's close, too close for comfort, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you. Do, but see, one of the big misconceptions, you know, a lot of women say, well, they like to mess with a married man because there are no strings attached. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently so. Yes, there I mean, is. Matter of fact, it's a whole weave of deceit. It's a whole web being weaved you know, of deceit, you know, to believe that there is no strings attached. Of course there is. Of course, especially if the woman, you could tell the woman anything, you know, but if that woman's heart get involved, what you said, go out the door. Yeah. I mean, that's a uh, uh, sad and uh, uh, terrible, you, you know, ladies. You can mess with somebody else's guy, but just because he's with somebody else or is married, doesn't mean that he's not going to get mad or get upset if you say, oh, it's over and uh, we we can't do nothing anymore and uh, all that type of thing. Even though that man may say, oh, I promise to leave. And now these days, uh, men don't even do that. They do the Ray Charles thing and say, hey, look, I'm married and I ain't leaving my wife and kids. But, you know, we can be friends and still do a little something, 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 something. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? But, you you know, switching from the uh, domestic violence issue, Lardy, Miss Clardy, to now gang violence. Well, come on with it. And this information, Lardy, Miss Clardy, comes from the Chicago Tribune. And, uh, hmm. you, you, you know, this uh, past week uh, county, in this county, Chicago has 35 homicides containing high school students. Now, and this latest uh, uh, happened, you know, uh, last last weekend. Uh, Alex or Alex Aureliano family was so concerned about threats the 15 year old was getting from gang members that they pulled him from Chicago Discovery Academy in the fall. You you, you know he got so scared he dropped out of school, but. They didn't know how serious the situation was until his uncle got a chilling call Friday from a friend of the teenager slain saying that he was being chased and beaten with bats in the neighborhood several miles from their home. He was knocked down by bats after, and after he got up and started to run, but he was struck by a car that was chasing him, said his uncle Juan Torado, who went Friday night to the area near 53rd Street and Sacramento Avenue, where the caller was last seen but could not find any signs of him. Mm -hmm. And the teen several severely beaten and burned bodies. They, wow. They set him on fire, too. Wow. Wasn't found until 2.30 p.m. Saturday in the 300 block of West 54th Place, a few blocks from where Toronto had been directed. And, you know, the sad part about this, uh, Lottie Miss Clardy, uh, 
not only did this happen in broad daylight, 15-year-old Alex Arellano has no ties to any gangs, no associations, no nothing, no no nothing. So, to all you black teenagers who talk about the no snitching and 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 talking about you 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 know they need to mind their business and all that. Well, let me tell you something. Alex was minding his business. I mean, he didn't want to have any association with a gang. If someone don't want to have association with you or don't want to get involved with your business, why the hell would you want to punish them? I mean, that... Because ain't got nothing better else to do. Yeah, that makes no sense. And, and uh, you, you know, our hearts go out, stop the violence. Uh, kids, That's right. put down those damn guns. You know what I'm saying? And last but not least, this too from Chicago Tribune and uh, uh, this what you won't hear on mainstream news about Barack Obama. <laughs> but uh oh, uh, Alan Keyes, remember him? Yes, Alan Keyes. Yes, former Illinois U.S. Senate candidate Alan Keyes and twenty-one others had been arrested. Whoa! Ooh, now there goes. A big fraud or what? Is it a fraud issue? What did they do wrong? I well, they done lied on. Well, they marched on the University of Notre Dame campus in South Bend, Indiana, <laughs> to protest President Barack Obama's upcoming commencement speech. Oh, Lord. About 75 protesters. Wow. Mm-hmm. Only 75? Only 75, yeah. That's that Friday outside the school's front gate to pray and listen to Key speak before about 30 of them walked on to campus. Some apparently intended to be arrested. The police says those arrested were handcuffed and taken to St. Joseph County Jail on trespassing charges. They were held on $250 bond. The protesters disapprove of the president's support of abortion rights and embryonic stem cell research. Notre Dame invited uh, Obama to speak at the May 17th commencement. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, re- remember, Alan Keyes ran for the Illinois U.S. Senate seat yeah. in 2004 before losing to Barack Obama. And uh, I so want was you that to, a conspiracy or what? I, look, ain't no conspiracy. And there's something brand new that, that we're going to do here on uh uh, blog Talk uh, Radio. After I mention uh, Alan Keyes, you're going to uh, shout it out right with me, Marty, Miss Party. Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> you Ooh, ain't a Lord. Mama, that's oh, that's a hate crime right there. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you know what? It's a pleasure to always have Brother Blondie fighting the power and fighting the power on the other side, which is dealing with news around the world, it seemed like here. You know, he's really, really a dynamic man, you know, in terms of bringing, you know, news to you and making sure that the news gets straightened out his way, you know, because he's fighting the power, that's for sure. Oh, and may may I remind uh, the people you – I didn't mean to, like, do this as a New Year's uh, resolution uh, uh, type thing, but so far I've, I've dropped 30 pounds. Whoa. Now, did you hear that? That is awesome. 
That is truly awesome. We want to give a hand clap all for this man because he's really trying to do a good job here, and everybody needs to know that he is getting it straight, even with himself. And that's when you talk about fighting power, for real. <laughs> okay, well, getting back to, well, before I get back to anything, I'm going to go on ahead and take a break for now and, you know, and let, let, let the music play. So we'll, we'll get back to, you know, the rest of the news, you know, and what's going on in Columbus, Ohio, after we finish this break. We'll be right back.
right. You just heard the world premiered single from Columbus, Ohio's very own KG featuring True, and the name of the song is My Baby, coming at you live from the capital city of Columbus, O-H. O-H it is. I-O. Uh-huh. That's right. You know, we're glad to be back here, you know, um, you know, to talk about all the controversial issues that's going on here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which that is where the door needs to be kicked in at, that's for sure, you know, because you can't get nobody to come in and help us. So I want to get back on that subject that you talked about, which was dealing with uh, the Obama deal, where there was 70, how many people was out there again? Oh, I'd say about uh, 75 protesters. Okay, and that sparked some kind of hate something, you know, didn't <laughs> like Obama. And so I wanted to bring back, you know, that in terms of an update, or not even an update, something that came up out of the column post uh, that was written by Gilbert Price about did Obama's song spark a hate crime? And um, it's dealing with this young man that got that got shut, uh, got beat up. Excuse me, for uh, for a song, and his white neighbor uh, that lived next door to him beat him up. So I want to read this article out of here because this is a really interesting piece. Uh, since Obama has been in office, it seems like a whole lot of things has happened to some of the African Americans at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll, I'll reserve all other, uh, you know, speakings on it and just read this uh, article here. It says here, my president is black, my maid black too, and I'll be god darn if my diamonds ain't blue. Keith Allen was just pumping up the volume playing his JC song about President Barack Obama and it may have cost him an ugly beatdown by his white next-door neighbor. Police are currently investigating whether Allen's neighbor, who the column polls will not name because he has not yet been charged with any crime. And actually, he will be prosecuted for what Allen did, what Allen said. They will, actually, they're saying here that he has not been yet charged with any crime, will actually be prosecuted for what Allen said was a brutal beating on April 26th. Now, the police have not said whether the incident will be treated as a hate crime. The investigation of the incident was sparked by a column post story last week about the incident. At the time, while police had taken a statement on the incident, they had not investigated the beating and had not filed any charges, which that's interesting, <laughs> despite several witnesses, including owner of a carryout where Allen and the white neighbor got into a scuffle at, who verified Allen's version of the event. There was witnesses out there that tried to tell the police what happened to him, and they didn't even listen to them. This is what Alan said, okay? Alan was beaten on Sunday night, man, and apparently with a pole or some other object. Now, that sounds like a Rodney King beating. <laughs> if this don't sound like a, uh, a, police, a police issue 
as Bert Ward would say, <laughs> uh, holy oh, riot, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that that's interesting. And to continue of what this is saying, and he was taken to Grant Hospital for head injuries. Now, I guess the man wanted to make sure he got the point and that he'll never forget it, huh? Yeah. Some of the events remain foggy to him. I guess so after getting beat in the head. And he says, this is what this is what Alan says. He says he don't remember a whole lot. The only thing he remembers is bits and pieces of the fight. And he's only 21. He said that when the police came to talk to him on the ground after the incident, he said, I got a couple of sentences out. That's the last thing I remember, he said. But... Alan remembers what precipitated the incident, a song. Martin Luther walked so Barack Obama could run. Now listen to that. Martin Luther walked so Barack Obama could run. Barack Obama ran so all the children could fly. My president is black was blaring from the window of his house at 723 Bis Avenue when Alan's white next-door neighbor came out of his house looking mean, Alan recalled, in a fit of rage, he told Alan to turn down that effing nigger music. Now, dang, now this gets even uglier, you know, because... Talk about 99 problems, but a chick ain't one. <laughs> oh Lord, boy, he was pissed off now, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, he said he want to hear nothing black, huh? Mm. Now, this is after Alan and his girlfriend's sister, Jennifer Bunch, went down to the Speedy Mart to get some milk from his for his baby daughter. The neighbor confronted him in the store, once again calling him names and fighting him. Now, I'm going to leave it there for now. But, you know, okay, 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 I'll go on. I'll go on. Now, Keith, whoever this person was, were particularly outraged that in the wake of the accident or the incident, the white neighbor told police that Allen was one of several young black men who had gotten out of a black Cadillac to attack him. Now, this is another black young man talking, obviously, and none of that happened according to Allen, okay? Police talked to him again last Tuesday after he had been released from the hospital and after he had gone back down to the Speedy Mart to attempt to identify potential witnesses in the case. Allen is considering a civil suit against his neighbor. I would, too. Talk about ex-center Grammy Award winner (laughs) highlighting repeatedly highlights on SportsCenter. Ooh, Lord. I mean, Now, now this is the retribution part Alan is considering in his uh, civil suit against this neighbor. He said, I want to see him, or I I want him to see that he put people through pain. Now, that's retribution. He said, I want him to see that he put people through pain. I'm worried about my daughter. His wife made racial comments about my daughter since she is biracial. The couple is also harassed as a biracial couple who live next to them until they moved. Alan said, but Alan added that he has no plans to move. 
If you got a racist mind, he's saying, it'll be all right. My president is black, but his house is all white. Gee, I mean, now if he got mad at at him uh, for singing a Jay-Z song, can you imagine how angry that white neighbor really wouldn't have gotten if he had played George Clinton's 1993 classic, Paint the White House Black? Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, oh, now that's a low blow, brother. Blondie. Whoa. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be playing that song oh, soon in uh, uh, months, months to come, so uh, keep that in mind, audience members. So anyway, you know, the so Ellen is hopeful that the grand jury investigation will ultimately lead to charges. He's saying he didn't know, he didn't like how it turned out, and surely he didn't deserve it, and he didn't deserve what happened. And this guy has done it to other people. And you know truly that if he's got away with this, with no investigation on other uh, uh, abuses with racial issues, you know, it will be quite common to believe that he have gotten away with it with others. You know, I can see that happening because, you know, uh, uh, when something happens to a victim, you know, you best believe that it doesn't happen to many others. And I'm sure that there's more out there that can probably identify with this. And uh, so uh, he's saying this guy has done it to other people, not just to him. He's done it to my girlfriend's dad. He's done it to other neighbors, and he's saying he don't know if he's just plain racist or if he just doesn't like how people are or if he just doesn't like his music. Now, you know, hey, you, y'all be, the, y'all be the, the judge on that. You know, I just will say that there are some crazy people in the world, you know, and that's what makes the world go around. But, you know, to victimize somebody and abuse somebody over a song and to make racial comments about a person because they're not pure this or pure that, you know, it sounds like closed mind closed minded mind to me, you know, it was closed minded. So Well you you, know, you, you also have to keep in mind, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, you you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all <laughs> uh races they, they be faking the funk. Yes they do. I mean, think, I mean, think about it. I mean, look, look how many you, uh, times you look at the old days. You, you know, the uh, white man they they swerving down. They can't they they can't stand as we call niggers or what, what whatever they want to call us. But but yet they they love sleeping with our women. Well, then you know. If you don't believe me, ask the late Strom Thurmond. <laughs> uh, well, let's Senator. Put- well, I mean, there's probably people out there, which there are, there are people out there that ain't so racist that do love, you know, the other race, you know, because anymore, you know, everything is a whole melting pot now. Right, but there's a there's a, a little catch that people need to know to tell if, you you know, the signs if a white person really ain't uh, racist. The white people who are not racist, they're the ones, Lardy, Miss Party, who do understand that racism still Exist. Yeah. They're, they're, you, you, you know, we're not talking about the ones that say they're not racist, but yet at the same time they're so close-minded on the Rodney King thing. When mm-hmm. you when you hear those uh, 
sex in the city type white women talking about, mm-hmm. oh, I thought the police officers were just doing their job and, you know, maybe Rodney King shouldn't have lunged at him like that. You you, you know, you'll, 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 you'll hear some type of wise-ass comments from, uh, you, you know, the conservatives, you, you know, uh, talking about us. But it just goes to show you, Lardy, Miss Clardy, you can never, ever judge a book by its cover. And that's absolutely right. Until the book starts speaking, then that's how you can find out all kinds of information. Yes. With that, you know, Brother Blondie, let's go back. Let's go back to this uh, uh, this uh, this update on this, this gentleman that was uh, put into the county jail where his uh, where his sandwich was smeared with someone else's uh, flesh. <laughs> I don't want to like go to. I don't like to talk nasty, but you know where you know he put his weenie, you know, <laughs> on a on the sandwich. You know what I'm saying? You know, put his flesh on the sandwich. I I think that's a little more appropriate for me. But you know, again, we were talking about him. He must have wanted to believe he was an Oscar Mayer wiener or something. You know. Yeah. But there's an update on this issue uh, about the lawsuit in the food tampering case uh, where the ex-inmate files that lawsuit. And this is the update on it. This is coming out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, and you can find this information on 10tv.com. And it states here that a former inmate filed a $25,000 lawsuit against the Franklin County Sheriff's Office on Friday claiming his civil rights were violated when deputies allegedly enlisted him to tamper with another inmate's food. It is alleged that the deputies Joseph Cantwell and Philip Barnett forced inmate Todd Triplett to place his penis on a sandwich before it was fed to an unsuspecting inmate. Woo! The alleged incident occurred in late February at the downtown Franklin County Jail. Franklin County Sheriff Jim Carn said that Kentwell and Barnett have been terminated from their positions. Uh, uh, yeah, terminated from their positions. Is that all? No. In addition to losing his job, Kentwell also faces criminal charges in connection with the case. Triplett told Tim TV News that it's still that it is still humiliating by he is still humiliated by the incident. I would be too, you know, having somebody's penis, you know, put on put on a piece of bread. Talk you about know. a food orgy that's gone. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, I don't even want to think about it, you know. <laughs> you know, uh uh, you, you know, he's saying he walked down the street now that he's out. He was an inmate, but now he's out. And he says, I walk down the street and I see people look at him. He, say, he says he see people look at him because I've been on the news and they judge me. He said, really, I didn't mean any harm. I've never hurt anyone. And Triplett is seeking $25,000 in damages. The lawsuit alleges that the deputy threatened to put Triplett in the hole if he did not comply with their orders. The lawsuit also claims that the deputies used cell phones to take pictures of the act. Boy, if that isn't... Which they are not allowed to do. 
No, they're not. But, see, they can do what they will here if nobody stand up, speak up, and speak out. And this young, this young man, you know, uh, decided to, to tell something. I mean, you know, some things have to be exposed in order to, uh, to, to see what can be done to solve the issue. And especially, you know, some dummies will actually take and actually put it on their phone, actually take a picture of this. That's almost like you know, saying you want to get caught. Holy, you, you know, uh, man. So, so, so they're saying, <laughs> you know, I, this is a big joke to them. You know, um, you know, this is what Byron Potts is saying. He's saying this was a big joke to them, and I, I agree with him. Who is representing Triplet now? Byron Potts is who is who's representing uh, Triplet, the gentleman that just wow. got out of jail. And then he's saying that they had the audacity to film it. I've seen the picture. Uh, like I said, you know, they was looking for Wait, are you seen the picture himself? Yeah, he said he's seen the picture himself. You know, this is, this, hey, yeah. And so Mr. Potts is also saying he has received phone calls from other inmates who claimed that they were targets of hazing but did not come forward because they feared no one would believe them. Now, you know, again, you know, uh, if it sparks, if one person will get up, stand up, speak up, and speak out, and expose an issue that is going on, you know, you will find that there's other people that would uh, come forth as well. But because there is such a, a blanket of silence put on the people in the community, we're namely talking about, you know, the minorities and the black black African-Americans here in the communities, you know, they, they have a fear of what can happen to them by those authorities and by those people uh, that have the authority to do something to them, or moreover, that they wouldn't even be believed. And when they get to that point, you know, what is needed to be done is that you've got to have some documentation, some kind of evidence that can prove you just can't come out and and say, yeah, I was done that way too without having some kind of evidence to prove it. But in this case, this gentleman had evidence to prove in order to have a fight and have a legitimate claim to uh, speak up, speak out, and stand up on the issue. Well, you know, they say that, uh, you know, videotape evidence, Lardy Miss Clardy is, of course, the best evidence. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, that, you, you, you know, who the hell in them clouds? You stupid enough to look. You know I don't knock a person for their flaws and all that because you know we here at Blog Talk Radio we, we we're not here to judge anybody or try to act all holier than thou. But but to the two co correction officers, look if if you stupid enough to put it on videotape, then you deserve to be locked up. I agree. And concluding to that. There, it is also put in quotations here. The people that are incarcerated don't really have voice. This is what Byron Potts is saying. They don't have someone to champion their cause. The attorney representing the inmate who was allegedly forced to eat the tainted sandwich said he is also preparing the lawsuit. Good for you, Byron Potts. Good for you, Triplet, you know, for standing up. We applaud you, and we we really need more people like you to 
stand up, speak up, and speak out against an issue that that really, really uh, hurts the community and hurts those that don't deserve to be hurt. Because, you know, we have a, a judicial system that can sometimes be a court of injustice. And so, and if you don't have these these specific evidences to prove that you that you have a worthy claim, your denial to be heard will. I mean, your 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 uh your allowance to be heard will be denied because you know the whole thing is to protect you know those uh, uh, police or the law enforcement that do the harms that they do and getting to those particular harms that our law enforcement do you know there uh, you know there was a meeting that happened in um uh, that I had uh, sat in on on a police brutality issue here in Columbus Ohio where there is now a concern to come up with some type of uh, format on some kind of or uh, you know like a forum to uh to, to have a strategy you know, on police issues, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the NAACP as well. The NAACP is involved in on this, uh, and, you know, it's coming from the committee on uh, the criminal justice side. And uh, the issues is to uh, to deal with the police issues on brutality and abuses and to organize some type of forum for officers and for the people so that we can find out what the people want and what the police need to give or what they want from the people, but, you know, like a, a, a roundtable discussion in a public forum mat, format. And uh, the whole idea is to identify the lie of what our, 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 our law enforcement are doing to uh, the black communities here in Columbus, Ohio, you know, and to find out, you know, what can they do to solve it. But until then, we have to build a forum, this is what is being said, so that people can get up there, victims, of course, can get up there, sign affidavits, have an attorney that will, uh, uh, that will uh, notarize these affidavits, and that these people will have, you know, 10, 15 minutes of, of uh, uh, testimony to things happening to them. It's almost close to like how Mothers Against Drunk Driving uh, would do. Well, the, you, you know, one of the solutions to that, uh, uh, you, you know, problem in terms of the, the police and the black communities is that the judicial system, Lardy Miss Clardy, needs to quit putting these parents in a catch-22. Uh, we're 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 not allowed to spank our kids, but yet when they get in trouble with, with the law, the the judge have the nerve, the audacity to ask the parent, "Well, uh, what what are you doing to uh, uh, discipline?" And that's what a parent can say. Well, you know, your your, your honor, uh, uh, I was whooping his ass, but you took that privilege away from me. So mm-hmm. now, now my, my my child has no 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 fear, and and because of the lack of communication, you've done nothing but made children be nothing but 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 hypocrites in the in, in the uh, uh, gangs and drugs and uh, uh, violence game. Because when you when you when you, it's it's funny, and, and and you know this is why why you know teenagers you need to. 
listen to your folks. Now, Lardy, Miss Carter, you hear te- you, you hear black teens all the time talking about no snitching. Right. And and my question is to you teenagers, if you don't believe in snitching, if you don't believe in calling the police, then why do you still continue to call the police on your parents? Well, yeah, but, you know, we want to stay, you know, right. on on the issue because, again, you know, we're talking about police brutality here in Columbus, Ohio. Right. And the abuses. So it's not just only happening to them kids, but it's happening to the young adults, you know, yeah. which which are also are angry. They're angry about what's going on, and they don't have no one to trust that will bring, you know, to the open where that they can be heard. So this particular movement that's being made, you know, through and by, uh, you know, this uh, uh, criminal justice committee is to uh, air out and expose the issues that, that affect the community dealing with police brutality. And what they are saying is that they want to create that forum for communities and or individuals to be heard as a way to minimize victimization against blacks and minorities in their communities. Okay, and the ways to do it is to also use this information through that forum is that to create the data and to give information to the media and to the justice offices, okay? And then they're saying another way to do it would be to protest. Uh, I would think that that would be after the forum has been constructed and everybody, you know, uh, that want to talk on the issue and have legitimate issues to speak on, that, you know, will build for the protest itself. It's almost like that Mothers Against Drunk Driving, like I had told you before. And they would like to have, you know, a, 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 uh, a safety director to be elected. Uh, is, but elected by the people to serve as a checks and balances between, you know, the police and the government or, or the legal system. I guess that's how it's supposed to run. And uh, lastly, you know, they want to make sure that the, those that come to be involved in on this, that it is definitely a people uh, involvement and it, they, everybody has to be on the same page and they have to be serious to get up to do something like this because, you know, again, it's hard to organize a, a forum uh, and, and everybody is scared to stand up, speak up, and speak out. You know, they did that same thing that they did in the Obama. I mean, yeah. in the election, when they, in the election process, when they all came together to uh, have Barack Obama as being president, it's the same process that they still have to take, you know, to come together the same way and be tired the same way how they wanted that change to happen for a new president. They got to make the same movement for a change to deal with that police brutality and uh, uh, I guess it's profiling, as you may call it, racial, against, profiling. Yeah, racial profiling against, you know, the community. So uh, this is what's going on uh, here in Columbus, Ohio, as well, uh, to try to get that movement to happen. And and, and to those who are in uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio, I'm, I'm going to make a plea now in terms of you, you, you know, educate our youth, you you know and to uh uh you you know make them understand more about uh 
of p- p- police brutality. Mm-hmm. And and since our show is on nationwide, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, yes. you're on in all yes. uh, 50 states. Anyone who's hearing us in Oakland, California, uh, please uh, send an email to uh, wclardy at families and victims of fraud or uh, brotherblondie at hotmail.com. And uh, uh, anyone who remembers who was at the scene in Oakland, California, on New Year's Day when uh, uh, 22-year-old Oscar Grant was shot in the back by Oakland uh, police, even though videotaping, there's videotape evidence of this, Lardy, Miss Lardy, videotape evidence showed this man was clearly lying down, flat on his chest, already in uh, cuffs. Wow. Apparently what the police officer, he, he thought that he was uh, uh, using his taser gun. Uh-huh, he meant uh-huh. to use his taser gun, but he used his actual gun and ended up shooting him in the uh, back and uh, uh, killing him. Now, we're going to take a break for a minute here. Okay. And, you know, um, uh, after we get finished talking about this issue that Brother Blondie is talking about, but, you know, I want you to keep in mind that, you know, if if, if there's anybody out there listening to the Lardy Miss Cardi blog talk radio show and you need to call in, you know, to state something you need to say, uh, be feel free to call in at 347-884-8684 and, um, and we'll, 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 we'll discuss the matter because, see, we need more people to, uh, to tune in to the Lardy Miss Cardi show because we need people that can solve issues as well as bring issues or even to have a comment to say about them. And I know that it has been a while since uh, you have heard from me, but you will be hearing from me from this point on. So uh, feel free to call in and uh, give us give us a shout out. Let us know that you're out there listening and uh, and that you know you appreciate what we're bringing to you, brother Blondie. Continue what you were saying, and after he finished saying uh, 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 what he wants to talk about here, we're going to go on ahead and, and take a break, and we'll be right back. And, and the, that, that's exactly what I want to uh, tell you, uh, people, on our uh, uh, upcoming music break. Uh, I'm doing the proposal of making this song the official Mother's Day song. <laughs> And the official song of Families and Victims of Fraud and the Black Anti-Defamation Council, it goes out to all the uh, the hardworking, intelligent, uh, struggling and striving black women in the U.S. Because, Lardy, Miss Clardy, you are the sweetest somebody I know. Thank you. Thank you. And I give a shout-out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to you, too, and y'all have a wonderful day on your day because it is your day. There is something on my mind that's in my heart and on my face. And it would be good me and my soul if I did save my game. So 
day a beautiful reason to say, wow, I am appreciated. This song that was given out to all the mothers across the board here, this is the official song for moms, and I hope that you enjoyed it because I certainly did. That was an awesome thing. You know, us mothers are sweet, and we deserve that. We deserve that song. And so, Brother Blondie, tell me, what made you pick up that song and want to make it, make it, you know, an official song? Well, you know, uh, uh, Lardy, Miss Claudia, my whole childhood, your whole childhood, a lot of black folks' childhood, we all grew up listening to the musical genius of Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you, you know, this was a, uh, this was a 55 year old Stevie Wonder, uh, uh, coming into, uh, c- coming into the, uh, uh, music scene. And, uh, that song, uh, from the 2005 LP entitled A Time to Love, that is, uh, Stevie Wonder's You're the Sweetest, uh, Someone, uh, You're the Sweetest Somebody I Know. And, uh, you, you know, again, one of the advantages that I love about playing music at the Lardy Miss Clardy show that, uh, mainstream radio can no longer do is we still play the album cuts. Yeah. Uh, this was never released as a single. This is, uh, from the same, uh, Time to Love CD that has, uh, that big major hit he had, so what the fuss? And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, even though he's in his 50s now with a song like that, is it safe to say that he still got it? Oh, God, yes. Stevie Wonder? Oh, yeah. He still got it. He's, 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 everybody's, I don't know, I guess you could say that everybody in show business, he's like the legend. You know, he is never going to be outdated. I, you know, talk about outdated. Uh, I mean, not not by a long shot, Lardy Miss Claudia. You you want to talk about a lot of recording artists that's one and done. Mm-hmm. This coming Labor Day weekend marks his 47th year in show business. Well, you know what? And, and that's where he belongs. That's his life, you and, know? And so this is why I made this song not only the official Mother's Day song, but the official song of our two uh, well-renowned organizations, the Black Anti-Defamation Council and Families and Victims of Fraud. And this ain't just coming from Stevie Wonder, but yours truly, Brother Blondie. You are, ladies, the sweetest. Somebody I know. Thank you, Brother Blondie. That's that's a that's a that's a blessing to uh, for someone to think, you know, highly of, of of not only the organizations that are out here trying to bring awareness to the communities, but a lovely song that will be cherished by all the mothers around the world, you know, that listens to this particular uh, episode here. And I want to. Uh, continue with what's happening with the NAACP uh, here, the local branch. You know, they're instituting a program called the Court Watch Program. They're saying that this program will recruit and train volunteers to monitor and record information on court operations. 
What they want to do is to identify shortcomings and suggest improvements, especially to the local NAACP unit, president, and the legal redress chair. Uh, these recommendations will also be pre uh, presented to the court officials and the media in writing. Also, the volunteers will have identification uh, establishing them as NAACP court watchers. And so uh, they're also saying it, the components of it will be to educate citizens about the processes used to appoint or select prosecutors and judges, educate uh, citizens about the procedures used to sanction or remove these government employees for improper conduct, also examining the charges, decisions, and plea bargains to detect whether overcharging is used. They also put here where they're going to determine whether prosecutors or judges are considering the mental health needs of alleged offenders. Some studies suggest nearly one-third of all defendants are suffering from some form of severe mental health problem. Recommended changes to improve the jury selection process for criminal and civil cases because on the jury we don't have enough you know, black Amer uh, African Americans on that jury, you know, to help to determine fairly, you know, some issues that are going on with certain cases that's dealing with minorities and also blacks. So with that, you know, there it seems as though that they're about ready to start start up something here. Some smoke is about ready to take place. But it's all for the good because, you know, we need a certain amount of checks and balances coming from the community as well. So with that, you know, I, I want to also add to that, there is also coming from the Liberty Voice uh, on that jury issue that we just spoke about that the NAACP is wanting to institute, you know, the court watch for, uh, there is an article that has come out uh, on jury nullification and uh, the right of free Americans. And so they're saying know the truth and know power, you know, because if you don't know the truth, how are you going to have some power? <laughs> so, you know, I want to read from this article in the Liberty Voice right here in Columbus, Ohio. And it's coming from a, a writer by the name of Sherry Clark. She's talking about uh, in this, the last refuge of freedom, our great experiment has turned its back on the very thing that made this country great, our Constitution. Where the rule of law was once king, we see everywhere its, its desecration. What then can the people actually do about it? One word. She says, nullify. She says, jury nullification is an act by a jury in a criminal case by which, uh, which uh, effectively nullifies a law by acquitting a defendant regardless of the weight of evidence against him or her. This is done when the individuals serving on a jury either by reason of their conscience or moral grounding believe that a law is immoral or that a sentence is unjust. As the 12th Chief Justice of the U U.S. Supreme Court, Harlan 
as Stone put it, the law itself is on trial, quite as much as the cause which is to be decided. Jury nullification is thus a means for the people to express opposition to an unconstitutional unjust law or an unjust law. The role of the jury as a last bastion, as I might have cut it up real bad there, but excuse me, last bastion of freedom held such an important role in our country that our founding fathers sought to forever protect it from future governmental attacks by including it in three different places within our Constitution and Bill of Rights. Now, as Bancroft history of the Constitution notes, if a juror accepts as the law that which the judge states, when that juror has accepted the exercise of absolute authority of a government official and has surrendered a power and right that once was the citizen's safeguard of liberty, this goes well beyond simply having the ability to oppose unconstitutional, immoral, or unjust laws. It is necessary, it is a necessary function of the people in order to maintain their liberty and freedom. She's saying today there is no longer, this is no longer the case. Now defense lawyers are forbidden from inform, informing the jury about nullification. Courts will go to extreme lengths to prevent it, going so far as to dismiss any prospective juror who says they know about nullification or who will openly disagree with the law before they are impaneled, declaring mistrials or over, overturning verdicts if an, uh, an attorney argues nullification or validity of the law to the jury, or even holding an attorney in contempt of court and throwing them in jail. Should they dare mention it? Yet the only power, well, let's put it that, well, the only power the judge has over the jury is their ignorance. This is what she's saying. So as the circuit court for the District of Columbia noted in 1972, the existence of unreviewable and unreversible power in the jury to acquit in disregard of the instruction on the law given by the trial judge has for many years coexisted with legal practice and precedent upholding instructions to the jury that are required to follow the instructions of the court on all manners of law. She is also saying, in conclusion, today there are thousands of harmless innocent citizens in prison only because their trial juries were not fully informed. The next person joining them behind bars may be you or someone you love. If you believe that a particular law is unconstitutional, immoral, or unjust, you have the power to acquit despite the law or facts in question. 
As an American, you are the final judge. And so with that, I will lay it to rest and give it over to Brother Blondie and let him give you some more information on whatever it is he wants to talk about because I closed the book on that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I closed the book on that because, <clears throat> you know, we really need we really need some fair trials here in order to equip those uh, harmless citizens from going to prison. So with that, Brother Blondie, you got anything to say on it? Well, yes, and uh, one of the ways, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, to, uh, you you know, court watch and all that, and this is a reminder to all the African Americans who does decide to join the uh, uh, court watch. Now, yes, when... When you have a black and white case. Well, before they even can join, they got to be a member of the NAACP local branch here in Columbus, Ohio. They just can't just join. They got to, you know, come to meetings and different things of that sort to be uh, uh, informed and as well as, you know, to show their commitment. Well, you, you and more important for the NAACP, uh, you, you you know, Lardy, Miss Party for the uh, uh, court watch. I mean, yes, we 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 do want to expose the judicial system for you 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 know the uh, uh, the racial atmosphere that uh, goes on in a lot of cases, especially mm-hmm. that incident which you was talking about earlier with with with, with the black guy getting beat up by a white uh, dude over. Obama but, absolutely but but let's not let's also though uh ladies uh you you know the NAACP whether it's you civil whether it's uh uh no Noel Williams uh uh the thing we also need to focus on is you know the the part that you and I had did uh Earlier in our careers with Blog Talk, mm-hmm. uh, that's the other side of racial injustice. Yeah, we we also want the uh, judge, you you know, to give harsh uh, harsher sentence for uh, uh, black on black crime. Right. It it, it makes no sense. It, it makes no sense if a black man rapes a white woman, he gets fifty five years in prison, but if he rapes a black woman, he's only getting five. And I've seen a lot of uh, uh, cases like that. Well, if you got a jury that is uninformed <clears throat> and there is not enough uh, black people involved, you know, in that jury process to be a part, well, let's say up there in the jury to give a equal amount of, uh, of judgment right. on on a specific case that's dealing with that, then by all means there need to be some education about, you know, how, you know, to nullify. Yeah. And, you you know, another thing, uh, you you know, Lardy, Ms. Clardy, uh, the, the judicial system, we all know that it sucks at this uh, moment and it probably always has. And, you know, it, it does take time. We, we, we know... It's it's not going to uh, change uh, overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you you know there are there there are some solutions to it. You you, you know make sure there is communication 
be between the the police and the black communities. It doesn't matter uh, what race the police officers are. But what I am concerned, though, Marty Miss Clardy, is that I do feel that there will be more uh, p- police brutality going on in this city as the temperature warms up. And also keep in oh, mind, crime will go up. The, the, despite the stimulus package that the Columbus police got from uh, B- Barack Obama, uh, Mayor Mike Coleman still has no plans on uh, re- replacing the uh, 57 police officers that will be uh, re- retiring this, this summer. Oh, really? Now, he, he does have, uh, I think, 20 new recruits that's going to be part of that o- Obama's uh, uh, stimulus uh, package thing. But, you you know, and, and I think the mayor really needs to uh, really thank hard. And there's been controversy with him uh uh, Lordy, Miss uh, Claudia, it's, it's on all the uh, uh, local news media. In fact, uh, ABC6onyourside.com exposed this last month mm-hmm. about how the mayor is uh, making all these budget cuts, laying off all of his employees and police officers and whatnot. Yet, his personal bodyguards that he pays to protect him and Frankie and all that, they getting mad over time. They ain't getting laid off soon. They their job is safe. If 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 you a Columbus police officer and you don't want to be laid off, all you gotta do is say, Hey Mike Coleman, I'm willing to work for you, man And then, uh, I mean but you 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 know, is it is always something going on. It's it's always some some type of uh, 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 catch uh, twenty two, mm-hmm. and but but, but you know, uh, is is it's time to spread the love. That's right. Quit 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 hating. Uh, and let's come together. Yes, yes. Let's, let's come together. You know, right here in Columbus, Ohio, it just seems as though like you know, uh, no one wants to really come together. Uh, I don't know if it's because they tired and they haven't got sick and tired of being sick and tired yet. But we're out here. We're out here to uh, help anybody that want to be heard, have an issue, and want it to be aired. Uh, you know, if you if you if you got an issue, you know, hey, contact us. You know, we will do what we need to do to uh, get it out there where there be someone to hear it, you know. And we don't want to just be talking about any old thing. We want to talk about something that's going to be relevant to the community and relevant on, on a common cause to people that deal with this thing. Like, for instance, you know, I have went through something with an insurance company and with a, cli- a, cl- a client of theirs where I was put into a situation where I was targeted as a victim for this, for this, uh, for this person to go to their uh, insurance company and uh, get a claim done based on a fraud uh, uh, documented uh, accident report. And it had caused so much ruckus in my life you know, where now I am being looked at, you know, to pay $3,000 for a accident that never happened. 
I was in park position at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, and this gentleman decided to go to the Whitehall Police Department to make a false police report so that he could get his car fixed through his company. And, and because of that, it has been put back on me to uh, through 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 this insurance company to come and get the monies from me by having uh, uh, you know a subrogating firm to uh, subrogate funds from me over you know close to three thousand dollars of damages done to his car and I have proof by getting a certified fraud examiner to come out and take pictures and take the report so that it could be shown that according to that report that it was a false report because uh, where they said the accident happened to my back bumper, you know, there is no proof and no, no damages to even show. And especially when you sit in park, you know, to me that was an unfair cause you know, and that if I can be put on uh, the spot like this and, you know, rushing around trying to find an attorney to help me in a cause like this because somebody wanted to commit a fraud, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. Well, the, the, I, the, speaking of insurance companies, uh, Lardy and Miss Claudia, I mean... Uh, People committing fraud all over yeah, the place. Yeah, now, that insurance company, it wouldn't have to be the one with the duck now, is it? Uh, what? Affleck. No, <laughs> but it, it no, but it is Erie Insurance Company. That's for sure. Where you know this gentleman, uh, you know, made a claim, and it was a false claim, and he actually is getting away with murder. And you know, in the show where uh, you know the BMV got so much power here in Columbus, Ohio, through the legislation where you got to go through uh, their strict code. And, 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 and say, for instance, if you know you're coming to uh, coming to the office with your paper in writing to have a hearing, and on the subject, and you got it in writing, and you be totally uh, denied and your document denied based up off of a lie, and and it's by a representative at the front desk. And, you know, say somebody has an issue and they got it in writing and they get refused, because I certainly did, well, there go your exhaustive rights out the window because you can't even get your uh, uh, get your request for a hearing done, and then they still got you. Then they take away your license and all that stuff. And maybe I might sound a little uh, 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 scatterbrained while I'm talking. I'm hoping that you all out there can understand where I'm coming from, you know, because it is a, uh, it's not a, uh, 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 a complicated case at all. Uh, 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 insurance fraud was committed by a gentleman that targeted my car as a part of an accident that never happened. And they're wanting 3000 almost $3,000 uh, to be recovered because this man got his car fixed off of a false report. And who, and if there's anybody out there that hears this story, perhaps you might want to give me an email on the www, uh, uh, well, at wclarity at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com. And and give me your 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 what what I need to do, you know, because 
see, you know, I'm not only out here to expose victimization and fraud through fresh news, but, you know, there's things that even I, as Lardy Miss Clardy, even goes through with, you know, the law and the judicial system and, you know, and all these different laws that's infringed upon all my rights. There's other people out there that's going through the same thing. And as I said before, you know, if you can't get in to get heard and your your rights are, are, are denied on the front, you know, what what else can you do? And then you try to go into the courts to get it settled, and because you haven't exhausted any rights according to their law or the B, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles' uh, strict rules or ORC rules, and they didn't already deny you off the top, well, you know, that's like, you know, you're caught in a box. There's no way out. And right now it seems as though, like, I don't have no way out, and I know I do. It's just a matter of time because, you know, you know, people can really do harm to you, you know, for no good reason. And let's go over here and, and check out over here about the court disbarring a local ex-judge convicted in fraud. It's coming out of the Associated Press right here in Columbus, Ohio, where the Ohio Supreme Court has taken away the law license of a former county judge convicted of conspiring to burn down his house so he could collect insurance money. Now, remember I told you about, you know, insurance fraud. It's going on all over the place. The court's Thursday decision to permanently disbar former Fairfield County Judge Donald McAloof, I hope that I didn't mess up his name, uh, comes after it found that he violated judicial conduct rules. Now, and, they, and, and, and this is not the first time that they have, you know, he's just one out of many that have violated judicial conduct rules and don't get caught. Mr. McAuliffe, um, I guess that's his name, was convicted in 2004 for setting his Millersport home on fire in 2002. He was later convicted to 13 years in prison. Authorities say the former judge allegedly used the insurance money from the fire to pay off his mortgage and buy another piece of property and a vehicle. Now, for all of those out there that's committing insurance fraud, you better watch out because there's people like me and others that will stand up and tell it, okay? So, again, insurance fraud. You know, insurance fraud is a calamity that is occurring every day in most American cities, costing citizens between 100 and $120 billion annually on property casualty and life health, and even on car insurance, you know. Um, some common fraud schemes include padding or inflating claims by distorting facts when applying for insurance, submitting claims for injuries or damages that never occur, like just what I just got finished talking about in my case, and staging accidents. Fraud occurs when all of the following elements exist. Here they are. An individual or an organization intentionally makes an untrue representation about an important fact or an event. The untrue representation is believed by the victim, the person or organization to whom the representation has been made. The victim relies upon the acts upon the untrue representation. The victim suffers loss of money 
and or property as a result of relying upon and acting upon the untrue representation. Now, there's another part to this because just like I told you what was going on in my case, it's called paper accident, where just as the scheme suggests, paper accidents occur only on paper. The defrauder or the owner of the vehicle files a false accident report claiming a new damage on his vehicle when, in fact, the damage was preexistent to collect insurance money. And in my case, I believe this is what had happened in my case. And as I said before, y'all got anything to say about this, shoot, you know, take and give an email, not only to me, but even contact Brother Blondie at Hotmail.com, you know, because we need to find more people that are going through this, especially here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so they're also saying when, in fact, the damages was preexistent, so the collected insurance money. Generally, the defrauder used this tactic when he had damaged his vehicle in a manner that his insurance company would not honor his claim. So he's saying, you know, there's a, you know, the public's perspective of insurance fraud is another aspect to consider regarding why insurance fraud is so rampant. Is the general public's view of the insurance fraud, you know, just a hush mouth thing? Or, you know, they, they too tired to try to stand up and speak up and speak out about it. And according to the report issued from the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, increasing public tolerance for insurance fraud helped create a 17% increase in 1994 in dollars lost to fake claims. Now, just imagine how big they is now. And see, and since I'm now the newest victim in insurance fraud, especially in uh, claims of accidents, you know, when no accident happened, you know, this is a survey conducted by the Insurance Research Council on attitudes toward insurance fraud. They found almost 30% of the public approved of such fraud. Mm. Now, isn't that something? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, uh... I mean, obviously, it, it is insurance fraud, and um, the sad, ugly truth about that is insurance fraud, unfortunately, uh, uh, goes on all the time. And, uh, you you know, this ain't the first. I, uh, one big insurance uh, scandal that got swept under the rug, and I'll uh, bring it back out, uh, State Farm. Right. You know, a lot of there were a lot mortgage of, the, fraud. Yes, and uh, there were a lot of people who lost Business their homes during, fraud. Uh, during Hurricane Katrina. Right. And you know, uh, State Farm they, they they didn't come through. And, and and I thought you know as far as State Farm and this surprised me because remember, Lardy Miss Clardy, you know, uh, what, what's that slogan? Uh, Life's a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Well, but you know what? The issue is also with that. They're supposed to be there, especially when a person goes to purchase a a a uh, home insurance, car insurance, or business insurance. You know, they pay the premiums to that, and that you know they should be there. But come to find out, since it's prevalent right now on these insurance frauds, the whole idea is to victimize 
the people that are, you know, uh, signing up for the insurance. Well, well, if they if they're going to talk about insurance fraud, I, and this surprised me. Why hasn't anybody? Because it's funny, Aflac. You know their their thing is I I just don't buy their uh, uh, policy, Lardy Miss Party. Well, what's on the policy? Well, that you're that you refute. They pay you if you get hurt and miss work. I never heard of no insurance company that. Well, look at this. Uh, that, but, but, that that does that. But you know what? That's because of the economic downfall that we're going through. This 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 deal of the crisis that's going through. As you can see, that there's a lot of compromising going on where you know to keep someone paying money out so that, you know, the company can still survive. You know, this is still, you know, if you be without a, a job, you got to have some kind of insurance on yourself. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, uh, the the insurance fraud, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, that you uh, brought up, it brings us back, you know, to the very first episode that we did on, on the night uh, Obama uh, entered office, uh, when, when he got elected, is the uh, mortgage crisis thing. And that plays yeah. a huge part. Yeah, you know, and after we get finished, you know, I want to talk about that too because here in Columbus, Ohio, you know, it seems like people are forgetting about that mortgage fraud issues. And so I want to bring that up All as the last. Well, it's, it's, we're going to talk about that. So let's, let's, let's go into a break. And, you know, and give the people a chance to reflect on all that we have talked about because, well, we've been chattering away about, you know, the, the very uh, issues that's going on here in Columbus, Ohio on victimization and fraud. So, you know, uh, uh, we'll be right back. You know, we're just going to, you know, take a, a short break here and uh, let you all reflect on what has been talked about, and we'll be back. Bye-bye.
another day in a good life. Rolling with my homies in the hood. We rolling down the avenue, but man needs to play looking good. We push up on the hooch, they want to get busy. Rolling past his feet, baby, don't you sleep, cause we got it going on. Cause in the new jack city, you gotta get paid in the shade. Tracking up, don't wanna download. You gotta go for what you know. So when you have no hurry, you gotta move in a hurry. You slow, you slow, baby, don't you know? This is a good life. Give me that song, Blog Talk Radio Show. Um, I guess what we just heard was what? Well, you, we we had to go back to. I'm taking you back to the 90s, uh, 1994. He was he's one of only two recording artists to have a platinum CD with three different groups. That's Teddy Raleigh and Blackstreet with the remake of T.S. Monk's 1981 classic, The Good Life. Give me that bon, 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 Oh, well, now, yeah, I I, I, I remember bopping to it, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, I remember that. You know, uh, uh, again, um, you know, you know, I, I, I want to I state this to all of, all of the listeners that is out there uh, that listens to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. You know, we still new. We're like the rookies on the block, you know, and we're still trying to refine our thing here. But best believe that, you know, uh, as as time goes, we will get more better at what we do because we can't do anything but get better. And, you know, when it comes to things on victimization and fraud, you know, really I need people to be on the phone to want to talk with us. 
You know, it's no fun all the time that we got to talk amongst ourselves and have fun, even though we do. You know, it's always good to listen and to hear another point of view about some things. So if you uh, decide to want to tell others about this particular program or this particular segment and show, um, let people know about us, about the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, because we have some interesting conversations on this show. And, you know, and I think that there are people out there that go through these same exact issues and that they need to be discussed. I would love to hear from you. Pick up the phone and give us a call on the Saturdays at 6 p.m. We're here from 6 to 8 p.m. on Saturdays, Standard Eastern Time, um, Eastern Standard Time, excuse me, and you can call us at 347-884-8684. Please don't be shy because if you've got something to say, say it. If you've got something you want to talk about, get on the air and say something. We want you, we want to hear you. We want to share our our our, our uh, topics with you, and we want to share and hoping that you will join in with these discussions. It's important, you know. We need to hear your views and your comments and, you know, on this because, see, this happening everywhere. This is just not happening to us here in Columbus, Ohio. We're just coming from Columbus, Ohio live to tell you about what's going on. Now, it may seem as though we're just running our mouth, you know, and just talking, but actually we're, we're giving you information about what's going on here and what, what, what different movements are being made. And that's my job to do that is to bring the forum and let people talk. We will have other, other guests on the show that will also uh, uh, that will be here to talk on specific subjects. And as those come, you will know about them. So please, don't be shy. Get on and talk with us because we need to hear your side and we need to, you know, have other sides of resolution. So give us a call or an email us if you want to at wclardy at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or contact Brother Blondie at brotherblondie at hotmail.com and also be ready to, uh, to hear about our newest member, to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk radio show. Her name is Tara O'Cleary, and she will be here next Saturday. Please, we need you to be on the air to welcome her and uh, to join in on the conversations that we will have at that time. And at this time, I am going to break it over into the court of Fight the Power, Brother Blondie. Brother Blondie, bring us something. Well, you know, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, uh, this information uh, comes from the uh, call and post, and this story is out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Minority poor urban neighborhoods forgotten in the housing crisis. Meet the forgotten housing crisis. Why most attention has focused on the wave of foreclosures sweeping mostly middle-class suburban uh-huh. neighborhoods I'm listening. from California to Florida. The nation's emptiest neighborhoods have remained concentrated in the same place for nearly a generation. The mostly minority, poor, urban neighborhoods of the American Rust Belt. The analysis by the Associated Press, based on the data collected by the U.S. Postal Service and the Housing uh, and Urban Development 
Department shows the emptiest neighborhoods are clustered in places hit hard during the recession of the 1980s, cities such as Flint, Michigan, Columbus, Ohio, Buffalo, and Indianapolis. I moved in a heartbeat if I had somewhere to go right now, say, Cindy Olenizziak of Buffalo, raking trash from the lawn of a boarded-up house to keep it from blowing in her yard. Roughly every third home in her neighborhood is vacant. Not even pizzerias uh, will deliver uh, <laughs> to the uh, area right now. And it's funny, you, you, you know, in, in Columbus. Hey, it's the same way. I, I, I live on the east side of town, and Donato's will not deliver to my house yeah, because after 5 p.m. Absolutely, because they're looking at that as, you know, a prime place for uh, uh, burglaries and robberies to happen because there's nobody there to see what's going on. Yeah, but you, you you know what, though? It's almost like you wish they would just level the whole neighborhood, she said, start rebuilding again from scratch. But federal lawmakers have designated nearly $6 billion over the past year for local governments to do just that, mm-hmm. buy or either rehabilitate, or demolish foreclosed and abandoned homes. And the AP's Associated Press analysis, however, shows the money will only make a modest dent in the problem. As of March 31st of this year, there were about 4 million homes that had been empty for 90 days, a slight increase over last year's figures, and about 3% of all U.S. homes. And the federal money will be distributed based on a complicated formula that considers high rate for foreclosures, high cost mortgages and vacancies. There won't be enough money to completely fix places such as the neighborhood in uh, western Columbus that is the nation's emptiest, a mostly vacant apartment complex with chained off parking areas shaved, shares a drab stretch of asphalt with a strip club, <laughs> uh, payday lender, and 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 abandoning uh, uh, retail stores. I know what you're talking about. In uh, okay, they 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 talking about the bottoms and right. uh, in, in in case those outside uh, uh, Columbus don't know. But the truth of the matter is, Marty Miss Clardy, uh, uh, you, you you know whether we're in the Mount Vernon area, mm-hmm. Old Town East, right. Uh, driving park, old oaks, uh, Linden. It doesn't matter. I I, I see empty houses everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean they done got paid. Them banks done got paid going through the, getting them foreclosures. Shoot, they went through the judicial system like the judicial system was, you know the uh, uh, the collection agency. <laughs> you know, and 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 actually, I'm sure that they were at some point or another. I'm gonna leave that alone because you know we are gonna have to do. Uh, a show on the judicial system, which it will come up. We just want to make sure that we got all of our I's and T's crossed and dotted before we start. You know that because it's really important not to forget. You know that our, you know, everything must go through the judicial system, and if we cannot get a fair, just uh, uh, trial or to be heard or or our rights to be uh, regarded. We don't have anything, and so we cannot forget those that have uh, that have died in the fight 
and still fighting, you know, behind, you know, what has happened with their homes being taken and why these neighborhoods look like ghost towns. Yes, uh, you you know it does uh, look like ghost towns, and you you, you know not only not only that uh, uh, to 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 the public, and and and, and you know we we are going to uh, talk about the mortgage crisis. We we well, yeah, we got to bring it up. We we we're going to talk about some hard hit hitting stuff. We 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 got some upcoming stuff. And, Almost definitely. And uh, Mar- Marlene Carson, if you if you listening to this show right now. I I I will be uh, ask you back on 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 the show. We are going going to talk about your uh, 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 problem with uh, sex trafficking, and I'm going to uh, bring up that Oprah uh, story again. That uh, bothers me, and we're going to bring Jerry Simon and, and everybody and, and, else. And don't forget Pam Shields because Pam Shields will be on the next Saturday show. Yes, and uh, okay, you, so you know, be looking forward for some interesting things to happen, y'all. Because uh, we're we're here to to bring it bring it real bring it live to you you know so it's got to hit home and it's got to hit even those that ain't even been through it yet it's right. always good that you know you get involved before you actually become you know a part of it you know if you ain't never been through it good but we need people like you because you know the more informed that you are about a situation, the more that you can prevent it from happening to you. So, you know, again, we need you all to come and join us in all the discussions of, of, of victimization and fraud. It's really important. Um, we are going to bring some things to you. And, again, as Lardy, Miss Clardy, and the host of this show, you know, I apologize for all the delays. But, you know, uh, when you got problems with your computer and, you know, and you're bringing stuff like this, you know, ain't no telling who's trying to shut me down, you yeah. know. So, you know, I'm just glad to uh, have been able to appear again and to have this opportunity to speak and to stand up and speak out on these issues and just bring the news to you of what's going on here in Columbus, Ohio. And perhaps if you hear this and it's happening in your city, bring it on. Bring it on. We need to have you and to hear from you. And on that note, Lardy, Miss Miss Clardy, uh, with five minutes to go, we're about to sign off. Yeah, we are. Once again, I would like to say a very special Happy Mother's Day to Miss Phyllis Horton, my mom. If it wasn't for you, there'd be no Brother Blondie. Yeah, and back to that, I want to say even though my mom is deceased, I still got a lot of other moms, so Happy Mother's Day to all my moms out there that know Lardy, Miss Clardy. I thank you for raising me and being the person that I have become. And uh, with that note, I will uh, finish uh, this show with a 1998 classic by Mr. Keith Washington. Thank you.
Brother Blondie, what was the name of that again? Oh, that's Keith Washington, and you let me down. Well, now, now we're down at the last seconds of this thing here. The last thing that I want to say to you is this. Your community is important, and so are the rights of the people. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. It's your right to have justice where justice is denied. Victims that are being lied on and being lied to have a right to stand. Contact us by email at wclartyfamiliesandvictimsoffraud.com 
or brotherblondie at hotmail.com. Now, we want to thank you for all of your listening for this evening, and have a good evening. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Mother's Day.